Clint. And today's going to be the last uh, message in our series we've called uh, He Is. And I'll be taking, uh, after a, a word of prayer in a few moments, I'm going to be taking the perspective of Isaiah, uh, the, prophet in, the prophet Isaiah in Scripture. And um, next week we're going we're to continue a similar uh, concept, but, but nonetheless we're going to enter into the Christmas season. And so we're actually going to get into costume and I'm going to have uh, some special guest speakers, okay, and that's, that's myself and others coming up in the next week as we get ready to get different perspectives from the Christmas story. So uh, you'll, you'll, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more uh, next week of where we're going to be going uh, uh, with this series. So that, that'll begin next Sunday. And today, uh, as, we be, as we begin, it's, you know, this, I've been getting lots of reviews, lots of reviews from this bad jokes section of, of the sermon each week. And I actually have one last-minute contribution that I thought was brilliant. So I thought I'd share with you for the back bad joke section that, that uh, Father Don had shared that that um, he had he had come uh, to uh, he, he had come to the last board meeting, and I had to you know talk to him uncomfortably, like, hey, I don't you know you know you're not really part of the board. I mean, some people are. Uh, welcome to come to these meetings, but you're not really a part of the board. He said, I thought you said, but, but no, I need to be here. I've been bored during your sermon, so I thought this is where I was getting some help. So now I, I thought to, today we'd have a couple of themes. Um, you know, if, I don't know if you guys know there's a holiday on Thursday, and then there's another holiday on Saturday that happens every time after the Saturday after Thanksgiving. What, what is that? What takes place? Does anybody know? Yes, Ohio State. And Michigan. Now, I just want to say, if anybody's listening to this, I just want to apologize to to any any people that are a fan of the the team up north um, uh, for what I'm about to say. And I mean this just in all in good fun. But it was, I don't know if you guys caught this yesterday, it was reported in the news um, that the Michigan head football coach, Jim Harbaugh, I don't know why, I mean, but he will only be dressing 20 players for the Ohio State game next weekend. Did you guys hear this? Yes, the rest of the players were going to have to get dressed themselves, okay? So big, big news coming out of Michigan. Now, there was also a news report from Ann Arbor that football practice, I don't know if you guys heard of this one, football practice in Ann Arbor was delayed on Monday uh, for nearly two hours, okay? They, they found some unknown white substance, and they, you know, they take these kind of things really, really seriously, um, an uh, a play, offensive player noticed it while he was on the way to the locker room. He hadn't seen it before. Um, he, he happened to look down and notice it. You know, suspicious unknown white powdery substance. So the FBI got, they got the, the head coach. You know, Harbaugh immediately suspended practice. The FBI was called in to investigate. So after, com- after a complete field analysis, the FBI determined that the white substance unknown to the Michigan players was the goal line. And practice was resumed... <laughs> when the FBI decided that the team would not get anywhere close to this next week against Ohio State. So they'll, they'll be fine. So uh, coming into uh, to, to next week, we'll continue these, these, this, this bad joke section as, as I continue to get some of your, your good feedback. But today I want to, uh, I want to begin, we're going we're gonna to close this series out. I hope you're capturing where we've been going with all of this. this, this is, I want, I'm hoping you're able to see the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. What I'm wanting you to capture is the burden, the burden in the Old Testament for something better, that something had to change, something had to be better than what they were experiencing. They, they had a hope and a trust in God, but it was always pointing towards someone else who was coming. And today we're going to hear from the prophet 
Isaiah this morning. So let's, let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for the privilege to open up your word. Thank you for, for the, the history that we can have with you. Not just the history on these pages, but the history in our experience. But that in time and time again, we were reminded that we are part of this story. And that this story points to you. And so we have to live in this day. And be reminded on Sunday mornings like today of all that we have been given. And when we do, we realize we have absolutely no excuse but to be thankful, but to be grateful for all that we have, the God that we serve, the sacrifices that have been made long before us. And so, Lord, with open hearts, we want to hear your word today. We want to respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My name is Isaiah. And hey. I just want to tell y'all, I told you so. I told you he was coming. All right. I've been right, by the way, about a lot of things. If you, in case you didn't know, okay. I was right about the virgin birth, 714, Isaiah 714. I was right that, that Jesus would come and he would have the spirit of God, 42.1. I was right that he was the cornerstone that was rejected in 2816. I was right that he would come and when he came, the deaf would hear and the blind would see in 2918. And I was right in that he was beaten, his beard was pulled out and he was spit upon in 50 verse 6. And I was right that one day he would be resurrected. Now, I've been right about a lot of things. And so I know since you know you have a prophet in your midst today... You know, you probably maybe want some prophecies of your own. So, look, I kind of have this rule, like I've already lived, I'm coming back from heaven, so I can't really, you know, the Lord told me I couldn't really get real deep, okay? I can't really, you know, get anything too profound, but I, so I thought I would give you some that these things, you can take these to the bank, okay? So I don't know why you're not getting your pencils and pens out. You should be writing these things down. These things are going to happen, thus saith Isaiah, okay? You ready for this? I don't, you're not getting as excited as I am. You ready for this? In the next three months, it's going to be cold outside. <laughs> Take it to the bank, I promise you, okay? Now, this is strange. Soon, real soon, people will be decorating their houses with lights, okay? <laughs> now, this is just for some of you, okay? But this is personal. Many of you in this room this weekend... We'll have heartburn and indigestion. You can take all of these to the bank. And the last one, yes, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go all the way and say it, okay? You ready? This weekend, next weekend, next Saturday, Ohio State or Michigan will win a football game. Take it to the bank, okay? Isaiah doesn't get these things wrong, okay? Now, my time on earth was really hard, so I've loosened up a little bit. I mean, I realize how good I got things now. And so some of the things I can smile about that were really, really hard. But I want you all to still know that he is coming. And see, in my day, prophets had to be willing to say some things. They had to be willing to say some things. And even God would even tell me before I said some of these things that nobody's going to listen. Now, how excited would you be? God said, go tell, go tell everyone these things. Go tell the kings these things. And 
everybody's going to hate you, and people are going to laugh at you, people are going to chuckle, they're going to ignore everything you say, but I'm telling you, you need to be my mouthpiece and go tell them anyway. I know many of you would not be encouraged by this task, and this is what it meant to be a prophet, because I realized I was God's mouthpiece. I was his voice in the midst of Judah. I was truth coming out that they could point back to because all of my words were written in the Chronicles that they could look back to and say this is where the truth was all along. This is where the Lord was speaking in our midst all along and the Lord knew this was going to happen. But we continued to harden our hearts and reject the truth that was right in front of us. Yes, this is what it was like to be a prophet. Now, today, I want to tell you about, about Christ. I, told you a lot, I already told you a lot of things that I knew that the Lord had showed me that I, that I said were going to happen. He was going to be born of a burden. He was going to be beaten. He was going to be spat upon. He was going to be the cornerstone that was rejected. He was going to be resurrected. He would have the Spirit of God. But many didn't understand two comings. And so my prophecies came in two form. They came in, the, in prophecies that would be fulfilled in the first coming and prophecies that would be fulfilled in the second coming. But today I want to focus on three things today. Three things to reveal to you who he is who Christ is. So first, he was punished for our sin. My words in, in 53 verses 4 through 6 say this, that surely he took upon our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, had gone astray. Each of us had turned our own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And this first coming prophecy was fulfilled through the words of Christ as well. Excuse me, not through the words of Christ, through the words of the Apostle John, is through the acts, the deeds of Christ. In 1 John 2 2, says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. I hope you've been hearing about, in previous weeks, about this problem of iniquity, the problem of sin and a holy God. I don't know if you've ever heard these words. They're theological words, but we're, they're sins of commission, and then they're sins of omission. The sins of commission are things that, well, we know. Well, oftentimes we know that we um, that we know that we did acts that we 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 knew that we weren't supposed to do that we did them. They're kind of intentional. There's also this idea of, of of omission. These idea of things that we didn't know that we did, or or things that we didn't do, we chose not to do, and so that was sin for us. So. Even all of these things, even the things that we didn't know, we had to make a path for that. There was a path made for that through the Levitical system of things you know you did wrong and things you didn't know you did wrong. And, and it was dirty. It was bloody. And if you went to the temple, everybody would know you were at the temple. You know how? Because there would be blood all over you. And we all would walk through camp with this recognition that, you know, I'm having my day where the priests are 
going, we're, are atoning for my sin, but you're going to have to have your day soon as well. This is what we do. And can you imagine what it was like for the priests in those days? I lived through it. I've seen it. We had the temple, you know, we, the temple had been rebuilt in my day. And, and I mean, it was exhausting. Hour, minute after minute, they're sacrificing animals all for the sins of the people. And even in, through these experiences, when you read about this and it's something you, you, you have a hard time understanding, we could have peace for a moment, but, but, we, but we knew we would have to, to go back and do this again. And we'd always be, have this sense of uncertainty, this sense of wondering whether we were right with God, the sense of wondering whether we needed to go and make a sacrifice. And there was this process, this, just this constant process back and forth of, of atonement for personal sins and then atonement for sins of the whole camp. It was dirty, it was exhausting, it was bloody. But these experiences, I think we all felt that we were longing for something better. And as the text, that, as the prophecy that I had shared, it says that someone was coming where the punishment that brought us, that brings us peace, would be upon him. This peace is available to you where others had to sacrifice for it. See, this is all you've ever known. We lived in a day where we feared God, but also had hope that he would redeem, he would protect and restore his people. But our day, that hope was based on our obedience, and in some cases, the obedience of our leader, our king, whoever was in charge. And gosh, that really, really stunk sometimes because so go the king could go the whole nation and we would all have to suffer the consequences because the king chose not to follow God. You really want to come back and live in my time? It's frustrating. And I had a moment in Isaiah chapter 6. King Uzziah, also called Azariah, was one of the, one of the best kings in all of Judah. And he had done so well. But you know what happens to people like all of us when things really start going our way and we start to become renowned? We start to get in our heads a little bit. Start to think that we're doing something special. We get this arrogance about us. That's what happened to King Uzziah. King Uzziah got so arrogant that he had the audacity to think he could go into the temple. But it was only the priest that could. He goes into the temple and does something he's not supposed to. And King Uzziah gets leprosy. This leprosy would eventually cast him out of the camp. And he would end up dying from this leprosy. One of the greatest kings of, of Judah dies because he was disobedient. And therefore it affected our whole nation. Do you see this problem of disobedience of a holy God longing to be with his people? And then in Isaiah chapter 6, I have this revelation. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that to you. I want to go to, I don't think I have that one on the slide, but I want to go to that text here. Isaiah chapter 6, it begins in the year that King Uzziah died. Frustrating time for a prophet. Things were going so well, and then the king got arrogant. Thought he, thought he took the place of God. I saw the Lord high 
and exalted. Seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, and and each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. and, and, And with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And then here's what I said. I felt bad in a moment. It was as if I was standing in the presence of God and I felt this problem, this friction that we've been telling you about in the Old Testament. How could an imperfect man be in the presence of a holy God? And I cried out, woe to me! I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King of the Lord Almighty. And then God begins to says, one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hands, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar, and he touched my mouth, and he says, see, it has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken, and your sin atoned for. This coal was even a type of Christ. See, we needed, there was this constant problem in my day of needing atonement, of recognizing our weakness And always feeling like day after day, time after time, we needed something else to make things right. And so then, the next thing that the Lord says is going to be the next thing I want to tell you. The Lord begins to talk about a scattering. This is where he starts telling me that that Isaiah, you're going to go to these people and they're not really going to listen to you. And eventually, all of these people, they're going to all be scattered. All of my country, all of Israel, they're all going to be scattered. And so here's the next thing that he's coming to do. He is coming for a remnant. He is coming for a remnant. I want to read Isaiah 11, 10 through 11 to you. It says, In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. And that day the Lord will reach out his hand a, a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant from his people, from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of Mediterranean. Now leave those up there for a second. I want you to understand how significant this is. The Lord is telling me this before it's even happened. At this time on my day, both Judah and Israel are still established kingdoms. We'd split into two. King Uzziah was the king of of Judah, and uh, I believe at the time Jeroboam was the king of Israel. And so, I think that's right, but but all in that time, there's still two kingdoms. And I don't know if you, hopefully you've read how the story ends. In just a few more years, or a a few more generations, Israel's going to go into captivity to Assyria. And then after that, Judah is going to go in captivity to Babylon. And then the Greeks and the Medo-Persians, or then the Medo-Persians are going to become a dominant empire. Then the Greeks are going to become a dominant empire. And then eventually the Romans are going to become a dominant empire. But God told me all of these things when I have this vision of him as the true king, a sovereign over all nations. And he's telling me at this point that one day someone is going to come to regather all my people. He's telling me about a regathering before There has even been a scattering. And he's telling me that he's coming back for a remnant. 
that times of testing were coming for Israel and Judah. And not everyone is going to get to join me. See, church, we need to understand that there's coming a day when the Lord will have to tell a portion of his creation to depart from me. But there's always a remnant. And this all has to happen together. The wheat and the weeds must grow together. The the people of God and the people that choose to, to, to follow the patterns and the ways of this world will continue to grow together. But those who are watchful, he is looking for a people who knows who they are, even if it seems like others around them don't know who they are anymore, what they were created for, and who their God is. Church, I hope you realize what it means to be a part of that remnant. You are called to be a part of that remnant. I came back to tell you, that there's still coming another day when he's going to scatter, he's going to gather, excuse me, he's going to gather his remnant together. And may we be found as part of that remnant. And finally, the last thing that I want to tell you is that he is, he is the prince of peace. The scripture that Clint read to you at the beginning of the day says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord God Almighty will accomplish this. I want to focus, you can take all of those titles, but we're going to focus on the last one, that he is the prince of peace. See, they thought that he was coming to defeat Rome. He and his come, he was coming as the one who holds all the kingdoms of this world in his hands. He allows these kingdoms to rise and fall. And, but a time is coming where this tension that you feel, this consistent conflict, that even maybe it's the people that are sitting next to you, these, these feelings of unsettled relationships, of remembering what so-and-so said to you and what they did to me in the past, and these, these ongoing rivalries and even these nations, these rumors that we have about, uh, that are about different nations and different parts of this world, this constant ongoing tension that you feel every day. There's coming a time when it's all going to end. The Prince of Peace is coming. See, this is external peace, but the Lord in this moment has offered you internal peace. A peace that has already been fought for. A peace that has already been sacrificed for. It has already been preordained, and the time is now is available to you for you to receive. A peace that surpasses circumstances, that surpasses tragedy, that knows that whatever you are going through, he is more than enough, and therefore you have more than enough. So I I hope you understand from everyone else who's been coming here with me week after week to help you see what you have that we didn't have. You have choices without the consequences that Adam did. 
the fall for the whole nation, all fell, the, 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 the fall of all creation, that one fell upon Adam and Eve. You have a better covenant than Abraham. You have a better deliverer than Moses. You have a better conqueror than Joshua. You have a better king than David. You have the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. And in this season, people all across the world will be sharing my prophecies this Christmas season. You will all hear things. You'll hear familiar stories that you've heard before, and you'll hear about, you'll even begin to hear about my prophecies that will feel, that have been fulfilled in Christ. I challenge all of you is don't let these just be stories or moat traditions. Find yourself in the middle of these stories. This Christmas season, will you find yourself again? And that remind you, you are meant to be part of this remnant. You have something that all generations and generations and generations, the majority of this book longed for. You have it today. Peace is yours to be received, not something to be fought for, not something that comes when you check off enough things on a list, not something that comes when you finally finally have your life organized enough, not something that comes finally when a conflict has been resolved. Peace is yours the moment you are ready to say yes to to the living God in your life and to receive the peace that he has for you. Peace is yours to be received. Will you receive his peace today? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father, the mighty Counselor. Lord, the mighty God, you are our Prince of Peace. This theme, I hope all across this church people can can hear this unsettledness that was all throughout the Old Testament. That through each and every story, there was just a consistent longing for something better, for something to be fulfilled, for that unending feeling of void between man and God to be met. And Lord, we thank you that it has been met on the cross of Christ. But this isn't just meant to be a story that we hear in a church service. It's meant to be something that we participate in, that your creation participates in, that they actively choose to say yes to you. They actively choose to to deny the things that bog us down, that cause us to worry, that cause us to hate, that cause us to fear. And we say yes, Lord, to your peace. Lord, thank you that you are the living God, that you are nearer now than when we first believed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand for your benediction this morning. May you receive the peace today that others, that the Old, excuse me, that the Old Testament longed for, that they sacrificed for, and that they died for. And as you say yes to the Prince of Peace today, may your heart be filled with thanks. May you pass on this gratitude 
and point others to the cross, to the atoning cross of Jesus Christ. God bless you and have a wonderful week.